Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. All right, guys, as I've said, we started this year running, and many of you by now, you know our process. Uh, We believe... And it's, it's just worked this way ever since. I've only been a senior pastor since 2016. So there's hope for some of you. Um, some of y'all are like, well, I wish he'd get this right. I'm new. Get, get me, cut me some slack. But ever since I became a senior pastor, we've done this. We have asked God, God, give us a focus. Give us a direction. Give us something that kind of points us in the right way for the year as a fellowship. Now, I'm not saying this is the word of the Lord for the whole of Christianity. I'm saying for Troy First Assembly, we seek the Lord about this. We start in August, and our leadership team, we all start praying. By the time we get to October, I really do. I end up feeling like I've got a pretty clear idea, and I share it with our elders, with our board, and with our staff. And guys, we spend the next months praying because this is not a place where one person hears from God and the rest of us just go, yes, sir. Mm-mm. Every one of us can hear from the Lord. Amen? Every one of us. And it should not come as any surprise if it really is God speaking to us as a fellowship that he tells us the same thing, that it's not just so segmented. And so we believe, we as a leadership team, believe with our whole heart that the word from the Lord that is to be our focus point for this year, 2023, for us, Troy First Assembly, is be led. Be led. These words from the Lord have just been uncanny. Uh, Several years ago, we really felt like the word the Lord gave us as a fellowship was reach. And we saw as we progressed through the year and as we focused on that in every area of ministry, we saw God morphed us. We are much more a church of reaching outward than we used to be before that year. God did something on the inside of us. Uh, the, the, the most striking example of one, one of these words from the Lord that really did pan out for us. 2020, I stood right here. And said, for 2020, the word from the Lord is, you're going to have a lot of chances to have distractions this year, but you stay on mission. You have a mission. You have a purpose. Stay on purpose. Do not get distracted. And then how many of y'all know what happened in March of 2020? That was an incredible distraction for the whole world. And everybody wanted us to focus on, focus on that, focus on this. What do you think about this? What do you think? And every time somebody would say, well, pastor, don't you think you ought to preach about this? Don't you think you ought to tell us the church about this? And I'd say, yeah, we got a message. We had it before we started. We're going to preach Jesus. We're going to preach salvation in the name of Jesus. We're going to preach, get in the Bible, and God will take you through anything. And guys, that's what got us through 2020, was being on mission, being focused. And it's also what got us through as a church unified. We didn't split in 2020. We didn't have fights in 2020 because we were unified around mission. God knows what he's doing. So I'm excited, excited about be led for two reasons. One, it means we're going (laughs) to. If the word from the Lord is be led, then that means he has every intention of leading us. And I don't know about you, but that just excites the daylights out of me. I'm like, really? Really? You're going to lead us yourself. 
And the other thing that's exciting about this is sometime in 2023, we're going to need it. Sometime coming, if this is the word of the Lord, guys, sometime coming in this year, we're going to need this skill. How do I do this, Lord? And when we need it, I don't know when it's coming. It may come for you sometime in July, but God in his mercy, God in his foresight goes, okay, I need you to get this now. Because, Robert, when it comes in July, you will know you'll have a handle on what you need, and I'm going to lead you right through it. Say, God, God is a planner. He's a planner. So we got a scripture that we feel like the Lord quickened to us for this, and I want you to get this. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons and daughters of God. Well, Pastor, I thought it was the holy ones. Pastor, I thought it was the ones that could quote a bunch of scripture. Pastor, I thought it was the ones whose granddaddy was a preacher and their daddy was a preacher. And they, mm -mm. What does it say? All who are being led. How many of y'all know that's a, that's a participle? I'm sorry, none of y'all know that's a participle. I graduated school and shut that book. Are being. You are in the process of being led right now. All who are being led. That's the ones that's the sons and daughters of God. Well, Pastor, I thought that, see, I walked the aisle in 1952, and I, I, I made a decision for Jesus. That is a spectacular start. That is a great, necessary start. But, guys, if you are not being led by the Spirit of God, you draw your own conclusion here. What does it say? All who are being led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons and daughters of God. It doesn't even have anything to do with your resume. Because I would have told you at some point in my life before I read the Bible, I would have told you that people that can prophesy and people that can cast out demons and people that can work miracles, those are the real holy ones. Those are the real ones that, I'm telling you, those people are the church. They know Jesus. They got it together. But I want you to see something out of Jesus' own mouth. Look what Jesus says. Quote, Jesus, Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, going to get in heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, that's being led. That's the one that will enter. And look what Jesus says. This is crazy, guys. Many are going to say to me that day, Lord, didn't we stand and prophesy in your name? I tell you, in front of the church, we look good. People thought we really had it together. We stood there and prophesied in your name. And watch right here. In your name, didn't we cast out demons? And in your name, didn't we perform many miracles? How many of y'all, that resume beats your resume? I ain't cast out a demon this week. And far as I know, I hadn't, hadn't performed a miracle. I don't think I prophesied yet today. Didn't we do all these things, Lord? And look what Jesus says. Then I'm going to declare to him, never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. So I'm telling you, it's not about how you look in front of people, and it's not about all the stuff you pull off. You want to know what it's about? Go back to that first scripture, please, Griff. The ones who are led by the Spirit of God. That's the first scripture, please, Griff. One more back. There you go. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, that's sons and daughters of God. Now, guys, I'm telling you, 
as, we, as, as, we, as I say that, the first thing that came to my mind as I'm starting to prepare this message is, how am I supposed to do that? I mean, honest to goodness. How, how in the world am I supposed to do that? Let me tell you a, a quick story. 18-year-old Joseph. Now, I saved when I was 13. And uh, I really felt a call into ministry when I was 17. And I'll never forget, I was standing at a gas pump. You ever have a memory where, I mean, everything about it is just as clear? And you know, you could take somebody to where you were. I was standing at a gas pump, and there was nobody around me. I was by myself, and I knew if I talked out loud in front of people, they'd think I was crazy. But there wasn't anybody around, and I just told the Lord out loud, I'll never forget. I'm pumping gas, and I said, Lord, I got a bunch of friends in high school. They don't care nothing about you. They don't ever ask your opinion about anything. And if you were to tell them something, they wouldn't follow you. And here I stand, and I'm trying to make a decision about college and trying to make a decision about a girlfriend and trying to make a decision of, about this. And, and you, I would do what you would tell me if you'd just open your mouth and tell me. And I told the Lord, I said, it seemed like with as few people paying attention to you, you'd treat those of us who do a little better. <laughs> Anybody ever felt like that? Anybody ever felt like, Lord, I'm just telling you now, if I knew your will, I'd do it. And I'm telling you, it was a turning point in my relationship with God. It's a turning point in my relationship with God because I really felt like God on the inside of my spirit said, good, you're through playing games now. You're through playing church. You're through putting on the church mask. Now we can get down to business because you're actually talking to me. And, and you're not saying, God, I just believe you. And God, I just trust you. And God, I just know you're going to do this. And God, I just, uh-uh, you were being honest. You all of a sudden came as Joseph. You didn't come as church Joe. And when you're honest and talk to God, wonder of wonders, God will talk back. Guys, it is a lie from the devil that it's hard. First sermon point in a short message. It is not as hard as we think. Large portion of my life I thought it was the really spiritual or the ones who knew a bunch of scripture or the ones who were so perfect or so holy or their behaviors all were lined up. I never thought myself holy enough to hear from God. Never thought myself spiritual enough. I mean, I, guys, hear me say this. Back when I was Episcopal, the charismatic renewal came through the Episcopal church. And there were people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, just like Assembly of God people. And I'll never forget, there was this guy. He had long hair, and he looked like Jesus. And I thought, if anybody's close to the Lord, you look like him. And he would sit in a worship service. And the whole time he'd be in worship, he would just be sitting there going, and just be I mean, intense praying and just, Jesus, I love you. He was so, I was like, and I remember I went home and I told my big brother, I said, I wish I loved Jesus like that guy loves Jesus. He was, he was holy. I mean, that kid was, he was otherworldly. He just was. And, and I thought that's what I had to end up being. But it's a lie from the devil that this is hard. And the reason I chose this graphic, Griff, would you put that graphic up there? Guys, when God brought the children of Israel out of slavery, which is a picture of us being brought out of the kingdom of darkness when we get saved, they come through the blood, blood of the spotless lamb, and the next day they come out of slavery. 
This is what they encounter. Bible says by day it's a giant column of cloud. And by night it morphs into a giant pillar of fire. Now get this in your head guys. Use your God-given imagination and think about this for just a second. Conservative estimates are 2 million people. Why do you say 2 million, Pastor? Because the Bible says there were 600,000 men of fighting age. This doesn't count your old men. It doesn't count your young men. It counts your middle men. No women are in that number. No children are in that number. So conservative estimates are 2 million people came out of Egypt. And I want you to see, if you got a bunch of slaves who don't know God from a hole in the ground, how do you lead these people? Well, look what it says. And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give, get this, to give them light so that they might travel by day or night. Think this through with me. If we were to turn off every light in this room, I mean, just make it dark in here, if we lit a candle in that corner back there, you could see the candle flame, right? But it wouldn't give you enough light to travel. It wouldn't give you enough light to see if there's something you're going to trip over. Guys, this was not, I can see the light far off in the distance. The Bible says this was a freaking column of fire, giving off enough light that two million people had enough light to travel. I'm telling y'all, that would have been an impressive thing. Anybody been in the desert? Anybody ever visited a desert? Doesn't have to be this desert, any desert. Anybody been to the American Southwest? No trees, roadrunner territory, you know what I'm talking about? Just sand. Can you imagine the dark all of a sudden? And look what it says. He did not, God did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the presence of the people. You know when it finally stopped? Joshua 3, right before they crossed the river into the promised land. It took them all the way home. Somebody get the message here. It took them all the way home. It'll take you all the way home. God's not going to leave you. And guys, as I'm thinking, and, and for those of you that know, the way I do, I live with a message... I really tried to go, okay, what would this be like? What? And I, I, I told Mark Watson Wednesday night, I said, you know, if I'd have been a kid in Israel, you know where I would have been at dusk every day? I'd have been as close to that pillar as I could get without getting burnt up. Just because the thing had to be stupid high. I mean, to be seen by two million people. It had to be ginormous. I would have loved every day. I'd have never gotten tired of seeing it. I would have loved to be there right at dusk. I mean, I'd get me a seat in the sand and just watch it. Because as it got dark around me, all of a sudden, and I just, this is my imagination, this is what I think. All of a sudden, from the base of the thing, it just starts swirling fire all the way until it reaches the apex. And then it is swirling. How many of y'all know you can't have a piece of fire? It don't break off into pieces. Here, get you a piece. Fire is a moving thing. So this thing had to be swirling. If it was a pillar, 
it had to be in motion. And to see it go from cloud to fire. I don't think I'd ever got tired of seeing that. I just don't, I mean, I'm just sitting here as a kid going, y'all watch. This is fixing to be awesome. Have you ever heard the sound fire makes when it catches up suddenly? That sound? Oh. And how many of y'all know every young boy loves fire? I mean, we just, listen to me. Every old boy loves fire. <laughs> every boy loves fire. It, it, ladies, if you're ever looking for a gift for your man, every man wants a flamethrower. Every man alive wishes they had a flamethrower. <laughs> but can you imagine? Can you imagine all of a sudden this thing going all the way up? I mean, a half mile up into the air. In the dark. How? All right, now let's use just plain good sense. I'm not even asking you to use any faith here. Let's just use your own good sense. How hard would it be to follow that? Pretty easy. If it started to move, started to get away from you, how hard would it be to know? Guys, it would have been the easiest thing in the world to follow. It would have been. And desert, cloudless desert, a big old honking column of cloud that morphs into a column of fire. It would be pretty easy to follow. I'm just telling you. It's not nearly as difficult as we may. It is a lie from the pit of hell that it is hard there's no ambiguity no doubt no and no uncertainty about when do we stop because you know what if that pillar stops and you keep walking you're going whoa well hot there i'm gonna back up now i'm gonna just get me a couple steps back if it stopped you'd know it stopped if it took off moving you'd know it was moving and do you know the bible never once says that it disappeared from this place and appeared another place and then they had to go to it uh-uh you just followed it and you woke up one morning, or maybe it was one evening, and everybody in the camp is saying, time to pack up your tent, son. Pillar's moving. Well, I just got everything arranged like I wanted it. Pillar's moving. Time to go. We have no choice. It is our source of warmth in the cold desert. It is our source of light. The cloud, guys, the manna, comes out the food every day comes out right where that is and you know what in the desert even though we might grumble and complain every time the the pillar leads us okay there's water you want to be out in the desert on your own no give me some pillar give me some pillar to follow it is not it's not impossible so what am i supposed to do in 2023 well, look at Psalm 37. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. And he, big he, God, delights in little he, my way. And when I, little he, when little h, when I fall, I'm not going to be hurtled down because the Lord's one got my hand. God is leading me. God is leading me. Next, this scripture is so familiar, but don't miss it because it's familiar. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and quit leaning to what you and what you know and you understand. 
Do not depend, do not lean, do not rely on your own understanding. How many of y'all know that is one of the hardest things to do that Scripture ever asks us to do? Oh, I can stand here with the best of preachers and say, His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our... But you know what? Let's be honest. Sometimes I don't like His ways. If I'm honest... If I'm honest, I get to times in my life where all of a sudden I'm five years old and I want to do it my way. I do. I just want my way. Or you know what I want? I want to understand before I start taking a step. Well, Lord, I don't understand. And the same ones of us that get outdone with our children when they stand there not moving, doing what we've asked them to do, going, why, why, why? We're the ones that will stand there in front of the Almighty and say, why, why, why? Amen? How many of y'all know understanding is no prerequisite to obedience? As it turns out, you can obey and not understand. And everybody that had a child said, please let it be so for my children. They don't have to understand why I'm asking them to do what I'm asking them to do. Just how many of you would love to have one 24-hour day where every child in your house just said, yes, ma'am, and then got about it? <sighs> Y'all, the eastern sky would part. <laughs> Look at this. Seek his will in all you do. And read that last line with me out loud as if you believed it. Please read it with me. He will show you which path to take. You know, the biggest, the biggest uh, hurdle we have to get over in this sermon series in this church is that we don't believe it. We read it, we just don't buy it. We read it, we'll tell people, and, and we even sometimes try to believe it, but the truth of it is, seek His will in all you do, and He is going to show you what path to take. Well, Pastor, I just don't know that I believe that. And there's the problem. There's the, there's the rub of the thing. If we will lean not to our own understanding, but seek Him in everything, He's going to open up and show us which path to take. Look at Proverbs 20. I love this scripture. I hate this scripture. I love this scripture. I hate uh, The Lord directs our steps. So why are you trying to understand everything along the way? Dear Lord, help me. Help me. Guys, do you understand that you don't have a head that can understand God? I'm not saying you're stupid. I mean, hear me say, there are people, maybe even people in this room, that understand quantum physics. And I don't have a head for that. And there's people that understand that. But you're talking about God? No. I don't have a head that can wrap around God's logic. God's thoughts, God's thinking. So why in the world am I waiting to understand before I act on what I feel like he's asking me to do? It's a dumb thing. You're not going to understand. Sure, along the way, God may say, this was why I did that. But how many of y'all have gotten years later and looked backwards and have God say, see why I asked you to trust me? Do you understand now? And you go, yeah. And you go, why didn't you tell me back then? And God said, you, wouldn't, you couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. You, you don't have the capacity. So let's, let's engage in the next just few minutes here. Let's engage in a few godly what-ifs. I want you to use your imagination.
Let me ask you just a few questions, and I want you really to go with me here. But what if, what if, I mean, wouldn't it be really cool if our God could do anything? Wouldn't that be neat? I mean, if honest to goodness, we had a God that was all-powerful. I'm talking about a God who superseded the blue Robin Williams genie in Aladdin, who wasn't limited to three strikes and you're out, who had no golden bands on his arms that he had to be living in space. No, I'm talking about a God that could do anything, anytime he got a mind to. Can you imagine, would that not be really cool? And, and, and what if that God, that all-powerful God, what if he was my God? What if, honest to goodness, he, of his own free will, connected himself to me? Wow, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, anything. What if when I was standing just facing a brick wall and I honestly look, and I'm not stupid, guys. I'm just not stupid. You're not stupid. You can look at some situations and go, there is no good way out of this. There's just not one. But that God can make one up. He can create something that's never happened before if he needs to. Wouldn't that be a cool God to know? I mean, if we could, if we could. And how about this? What about a God who knows me inside and out, not just the church, Joseph? But the God who is not repulsed by the Joseph I would never let you see. The Joseph that makes stupid decisions. The Joseph that is selfish. The Joseph that sometimes leans toward things that I, don't want, I just don't want you to know about. Let's be honest. If every one of us are honest, aren't you glad that your 2022, your last year, is not on the screen? Every little minutia of it. Aren't you glad that we don't get a whole running slideshow of everything you've done and every motive you've had and every word you've said? I know they deserved it when they cut you off in traffic, but stop. <laughs> I'm just telling you. A God that wasn't repulsed by my evil, but who could see to get me to, to another spot. And, and what about this? It really does sound too good to be true, doesn't it? What if this all-powerful God, what if this God knew the future? I'm telling you, what if right now he knew in October I'm going to lose my job and I'm going to be frantic. I'm going to be hunting. What if he knew that now? And he planned for it. That would be a pretty neat trick. That'd be a cool guy to know. And what if this God loved me? I mean, just for no reason, just loved me. I'm talking about the way you love your kids on a good day. Not that day you want to pinch their head off. A good day. When you got them sweet, fuzzy feelings that I just love you. Even when they disappoint you. Even when they anger you. Anybody here know what it is to love a child you're frustrated with? Anybody here know what it is to love an adult child you're frustrated with? Been there. But I can't keep myself from loving. What if God loved me like that? And just one more, since we're in a fantasy world here. What if that God, that, that incredible being, what if he was a talker? What if he was a communicator? And what if he talked to me? That would be cool.
that would truly be something. If, if, if not just that he's so wonderful, but what if he was a talker, a communicator? Let me ask you something. Y'all all got up and came to church this morning. It's a great sign. It's a, it's a check of a box that's it's a good box to check. But let me ask you this. Don't answer out loud. Just in your head, answer. If I were to show you something Jesus said in the Bible himself, quote, would you believe it? Would you honestly think it's the truth and that's the way it is? Let's try. Look here. Jesus speaking, quote, there's so much more I want to tell you guys. But you, you just can't get it all now. You can't bear it now. Now when the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, He's going to guide you into all truth. And He's not going to speak on His own. He'll tell you what He's heard. And look at this. Look how extraordinary. He will tell you about the future. And He will bring me glory by telling you what Ever he gets from me. What if that's the truth, guys? What if there's a bunch of stuff left that Jesus wants to tell you? And you just couldn't get it all the day you got saved. You weren't, you did, you, you didn't have the capacity. And what if he gave you his Holy Spirit? wonder of wonders to talk to you and he's not going to talk to you about himself he's only going to tell you what I tell him what I hand him he will bring me glory by telling you what he gets from me you want to see how that works here Holy Spirit Amanda's going to need this in February hand it to her now she's going to need it now, the day she got saved, she wasn't where she could have even heard it. Is there anybody here, you, it's not your first day to walk with Jesus, and He has taught you things that you couldn't get on day one? He's brought you along. He's, he's helped you. Your faith has grown. Your relationship with Him has grown. You couldn't get it on day one. But you can get it now. The Holy Spirit will get stuff that I'm handing Him for you. You know where this pillar of fire is right now? Right here. Why do you think the day they got filled with the Holy Spirit, there were tongues of fire on their head? For those of you that really want to get theological, Peter tells us that when they came out of Egypt, they all were baptized into the blood, Passover, into the water, the Red Sea, and into the cloud, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to teach a whole lesson on that, but I'm just telling you, it is... Guys, you go the same way. You come the same way. You are saved by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then you pass through the waters of baptism, stripping off the old man, laying down your old life. And then, huh, Wonder of wonders, you're led by the cloud and fire. It just resides here. It's not out there, it's here. It's right here. Jesus, there's so much I want to tell you guys. Guys, think of it this way. 
66 books in the Bible. Every book of the Bible, God talks. Even when he's uncredited. Well, pastor, I've read the book of Esther, and famously, the name of God never appears in the book of Esther. You're right. God's name never shows up in the book of Esther. But you know what? When Mordecai says, help will arise for Israel from somewhere, and maybe, perhaps, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this, that's the voice of the Almighty. It's an uncredited appearance. He doesn't get, it's a credits roll at the end of the book of Esther. He's not, his name's not there, but it's him. God, talk, even the short little books in the New Testament, guys, God is talking in every book. Why in the world would we think he just quit? But see, if you were the devil and you were trying to absolutely wreck people's lives, make them ineffective, make them in a place where they're going to be continually, perpetually under, what is the first thing you would attack? The same thing he attacked in Eden. Did God really say? Think it through, guys. He's a one-trick pony, the devil is. And what did he say to Eve in the garden at the beginning? Are you sure God said that? Because I don't know that God said it that way. And God didn't say it. He's attacking what God... Do you know what the sin was in the Garden of Eden? It was not adultery. It was not murder. It was not having sex. It was not... You know what the sin was? Not prioritizing His Word. That's the sin. That's the sin that took us all down. Guys... Why in the world do we... Here, let me put it to you one different way and we'll go on. But I just can't get this across hard enough. Why in the world would we think he wouldn't talk? What in the Bible makes you think he won't talk? And all of our what-ifs, for those of you that are like, Oh, Pastor, I don't know about using your imagination in church. All right, come on. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard nor has it even entered into the heart of man the good things God has prepared for those who love Him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or imagine. That's what it says. So all of our what-ifs, every one of them's true. We do know a God that's all-powerful. We do know a God that can tell the future. We do know a God who loves us. And thank God we know a God who's a talker. He will talk to us. He will speak to us. Guys, He will. I'm just telling you. So if all that sounds really good to you, let me go on ahead. Is this going to be more than a one-step process? I'm going to just tell you. Because we're going to spend a little time on this topic, being led and for those of you that want to know where we're going as a church, we're going to spend a little bit of time here in Exodus and being led by the pillar of fire. Then we're going to jump to the New Testament because if you look, every time Jesus called somebody, he never said, clean this up in your life. Stop that sinning. I need you to do this. I need, you know what he said? Follow me. Every time. I know you're a tax collector. I know we got some issues. We'll deal with them later. You follow me. You know what that is? That's be led. It's just being led. That's where we're going to spend much of this year, guys, is being honest to goodness, led by the Lord. Now, the first step. How, if you really do want to get in this, and trust me, it is so worth getting in.
If you want to get in it, the first thing is you got to make God your God. God got to become your God, not the God, your God. And how did that happen? Well, it happened. Again, I could preach this out of 75 places in Scripture. We will take the one we're using, pillar of fire. The night before the pillar of fire shows up the first time, you know what happened? Take a spotless lamb, kill it, put the blood on the door and the posts. Put that blood. It doesn't matter that you're holy. It doesn't matter that you're, it, you don't even have to believe. Do you understand that? You just have to be under the blood. You just got to be in the house where the blood is. And if you get outside the blood, subject to death. But if you stayed under the blood, guys, how do we become where God is our God, where we're really His? It comes by promise. It comes by blood. The promise is whosoever will. Look what Jesus said. Go to the next, please. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. The one who follows me is not going to walk in darkness. I have the light of life. He doesn't say the perfect one. He just says, anybody comes after me, whosoever will. Look at the next. Probably the most familiar scripture in the entire world. But go forward, go forward, read. God loved the world, so he gave his only begotten son. So that everybody, everybody who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, don't stop there. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world. But that the world through him might be saved. That's why he sent his son. And go one more verse. Get the good out of this. Next slide. The one who believes in Jesus never gets judged. And the one who does not believe, you're already under judgment, guys. It's not like God will judge you one day. You're already under the judgment of God. Honest to goodness, the end of a, of a person's life that doesn't believe in Jesus, that's not judgment day. Judgment day has already come because your sin brings judgment with it. You're judged already is what it says because you've not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Guys, it's a whosoever will, but you've got to come under the blood. And you've got to come into a relationship with God through Jesus. It's just that simple. And the door is wide open. But believe me, you're not going to be led by a God that's not your God. And so this is how we get there. Now, if you would, Griff, go on ahead and, and play that track. For those of you that have been here for a number of services, you know me. And I, I am not what I would call a big altar caller just because I always, I always am worried that people put way too much stock in, I punched my ticket and now I'm good to go. And, and that is not true. It, it's a great beginning. It is a great start. But it's not the sum total of a walk with Jesus. But, hear me say this now. Because as I've worked on this message, I really felt like this is what God wants for this service. Is It is, it is a necessary thing to draw a line in the sand and say, that point, this is the time when I am making a decision. And God, while it's, guys, while it's not the whole ball of wax, it is some of you in this room, you, you believe. You really have come so far in your faith, but you can't, you can't, there is no point in time when you say, there it is. There's the time I drew a line in the sand and I made that decision for my life 
there. And I'm telling you, it's helpful. It is really helpful. When the devil starts coming at you, when life starts coming at you, it's really helpful to have, no, remember January 22nd, it wasn't an emotional thing. I, I got out of my seat, I walked an aisle, and I made a decision for life. Now, for me, personally, I came to the Lord early, young, and then I walked away from the Lord. And at first I drifted. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about because that's where you are. You've drifted. You're not mad at God. You just kind of drifted. And then I actively tried to walk away. I mean, I really did. I, I was getting into as much sin as I could think of. It really was. And when God started drawing me back, before I made a decision at an altar, I'll never forget, I went into my pastor's office and I told him, y'all know me, I am so upfront. just what you see is what you get. I sat in his office and I looked at him and I said, I don't need another emotional experience. I really don't. I don't, I don't need to get down there and cry. I don't need goosebumps. I don't need an emotional experience. But if you can promise me that if I make a decision for Jesus, I can have a real relationship with him on the other side of that decision, then I'm all in. If you can promise me that, I'm good to go. But I don't need another goosebump emotional experience in my life. I've had enough. And he just smiled and said, Joseph, I can promise you, if you will make a decision and draw you a line in the sand and say, there, God will meet you at that line and walk you the rest of your life. And guys, I'm here to tell you, I have never walked away since that day because that line in the sand took, that time was the actual life changer for me. Did I rededicate my life? Did I get saved? I, I don't care about terminology. I don't care. So here in just a second, we're going to all stand up, and I'm going to ask you to step out and make a decision. I don't care if it's uh, you're getting saved or you're rededicating your life or you're making a decision. I don't care about your terminology. What I care about is your heart. What I care about is the lasting nature of the decision and the line in the sand that you're drawing. So would you stand up with me all over this building? And guys, there's no magic in walking an aisle. There's no magic to me counting to three and giving you a, a solid point to step out. There's no magic to any of this. We only do this just to make it easier for us to get a handle. Just give me a handle on what God is really doing in my heart, in my life. But guys, if you've been listening to this and you have felt God's Holy Spirit just tugging at your heart, pulling at your heart, very likely God wants you to make a decision today. God wants a line in the sand from you to Him. So here, I'm going to just count to three just to give you a jumping off point. And when I get to three, boldly step out of your seat and come down to the front and say, 
There's my line in the sand. My life's going to be different from this point forward. You ready? One, you feel the tug on your heart. Two, you know it's God. It's not emotional. You ready, guys? Three, step out. You come. Just respond to God's Holy Spirit in your life. What God is doing in your heart. It may be different decisions for different folks, but you need a marker. In the Old Testament, they put up a pillar of stones. But you need a, just a marker, just a place. Years later, Jacob came back to that pillar of that, that stack of rocks that he called the house of God because something happened there. You need a marker. Come on, anybody else? You need a spot in your life. I'm not going to prolong this, this too long. But guys, if you are waiting on the pastor to say, step out and come, we're holding up for you. We're holding up for you. Come on. Step out of your seat and just say, me, God, me. Me here now. And forever. We've got altar ministers that are going to minister at the altar. If any of you want somebody to pray with you, would you please just stick a hand in the air? If you want to pray on your own, it's great. It's fine. We are not intrusive here. But if you would like for somebody to pray with you, just put one hand up in the air, and we got altar ministers who will. If you don't want somebody to pray with you and you want to pray on your own, Keep your hands down because we're fixing to pray. If you are still in the seats, would you extend a hand and let's pray for these people who have come. Come on, you believe God from your seat that God is going to make this a life-changing decision that sticks and lasts. Guys up front, I'm going to pray. But I'm not going to lead you line for line. I want you to pray in your own heart and kind of follow where I'm going with this. But it's got to be you. So here we go. Dear Jesus, I am drawing a line in the sand today. I am making a lasting decision. And I want you to be my God. I turn from my ways, my best ideas, my thoughts. I turn from my self-ruling. When I got to have it my way. And Jesus, I hand the reins of my life to you. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take control of me and be my God. And then, God, I need to hear from you. I want to hear from you. God, I want to be led by you. God, I want to know like a pillar of fire in my chest. So, God, move in me as I give you all of me. Forgive my sins. Forgive the times I just had to have it my way. Forgive the times I just wanted what I wanted. And come in and fill me up. Jesus, take control of my heart, my life. Oh, and God, through Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, Father God, talk to me. Talk to me. I will try my dead level best to listen. In every way, God, I'm going to listen. Now, those of you standing in the congregation, come on, let's pray for these people.
Father God, we pray for everybody that's come forward. And Lord, we just ask you for a real line in the sand decision. Father, we are asking you for a genuine cut it, cut off point between two kinds of life. The life before this morning and the life of when I'm walking out of here. God, let our relationship with God be different because we've made this decision for Jesus. Because we've drawn close, God, let our lives reflect. Lord, years from now, when we're telling the story of, of our walk with God, God, let us remember there was that Sunday, pastor preached on a pillar of fire, and I made a choice. God, let it be a marker in our lives we can go back to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, guys, before I let you go, we, got, we, we just got to thank the Lord for what He's done. Would you just lift your hands in His presence at whatever level you're comfortable with? I'm not asking you to... If, if, you're a, if you're a big hand lifter, lift them. If you're not, waist high is fine, but just thank Him. If you came or not, thank Him for what He's doing in lives. God, we give you honor, you glory in this place. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God, for what you're doing. Oh, and thank you, Lord God, that it is fruit that lasts. In Jesus' name. All God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen and amen. Guys, could we give God a big hand clap for what he's done today? Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.